It's time for The Tainted Glove, starring your favorite man of questionable character, Aloha Mr. Hand. Hey, bud. Let's party. And the Holy Reverend, Kate Fitz himself. It's go time. So grab a beer, grab a bite, and settle in. It's time for The Tainted Glove. Aloha. Your favorite friend with questionable character. Aloha, Mr. Hand. And bless me, Reverend Kafid, for I have sinned. Yeah, yep. It's been a week. It's been a week. So it's yes. about, uh, I think you owe me like seven holy cows and a few half Marseilles from Full House. So we're ready to go, though. It's good to be back. Good to be back. We're going to be talking to you again. And uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week, too. We've got some uh, some Cub stuff, some sock stuff, some movie stuff, some music stuff, some just stuff, I guess, right? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Rock to it. So... We're taping this while the Cubs and Cardinals are playing on Sunday night baseball. And let me just say that Alex Rodriguez is a crime against baseball. I, I can't think of any other way to say it. It's not that he's a partial announcer to one team or the other. He's just awful, period. Just an idiot. He's, he's yes. he, he is everything Jose Canseco accused him of being, which is blatantly just dumb. Yeah. Watching him, and, his broadcasts are the worst. Oh, and, you know, I like Matt Vaskersian on Hot Stove in the offseason on MLB Network. But here, to me, Vaskersian adds nothing. <laughs> he's just trying to he's just trying to pick up the drool. He's really just, he's, he rolls in with a bib, maybe a towel. He's like, I got to figure it out with that. Oh, my God, Javi. Why don't you slam your stuff down a little bit more? I didn't realize he slammed his equipment down like that after the strikeout. Javi is lucky he didn't get ejected because he should have been ejected. Ob- Yes, oh my God. you're What's obviously watching his discussion right now. That Cardinal fan behind the behind the wall screaming looks like he literally came out of like the the sticks for for the season three of uh, Ozark. So he was like, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Nomadland, but that's uh, that's actually a movie. No, yeah, the guy behind the dugout was screaming like he was legitimately getting like shorted some mess in Ozark. So welcome to Cardinals. Welcome to Cardinals Nation. Four teeth and tons of meth. That's what the Cardinal Nation is. It's boring as shit. Well, you know what it used to be called, don't you? Before Ozark? All you needed was a banjo and call it Deliverance Nation. Hey, you sure do have a nice mouth. (laughs) You sure do look pretty. Squeak like a pig! Oh, but uh, I hate the Cardinals so, so much, except so, for Mike Maddox. I love Mike Maddox all day, forever. But that's yes, fake. sitting there in the dugout, looking like, why am I here? He's there's a kid that's like a future, future Ozark meth head kid in the in the video now, who looks like a total turd to have in class if he were like a teacher. So yay for Cardinal fans! <laughs> you guys are all turds. All right, so been a bit of. So, Crazy week this week though. It's been it's been you know it hasn't been very toxic at all on social media well, and like, why something, something, like, something happened? Did I miss it? <laughs> How many times were you blocked this week? <laughs> well, was now let me ask this question: Was it self blocking or was it blocked by others? Because that statement applies in both respects. I have been blocked by a few people, and I have muted a few people because let's let's talk about the elephant in the room and. The Tony Larusa 
your mean Mercedes thing. Let's talk. I know everyone else has talked about it, but I just want to put my two cents out there and then put this to bed. Yep. And hopefully we never hear about this situation <laughs> again. I'm sure we'll hear about some other situation because not a week goes by where we don't have as Tony LaRusa turns like the latest soap opera in the fucking world. Somebody will will read his lips and it'll say something that he didn't say, but they're going to say he said it and then everyone will talk about it. And all the LaRusa haters will jump all over it. See, I told you, I told you. I just love the people <laughs> who say he didn't deserve to get the job because it was a nepotism hire. And I'm, and my response to that is, do you understand what a nepotism hire is? You hire someone who isn't qualified for the job because they're related. Yeah. I mean, you I may not, he has the best resume not, in baseball for a manager's. If you applied for the job, he has the best resume like ever. But yeah. <laughs> So, okay. But they wanted AJ Hinch. So, Mm -hmm. yes, they wanted AJ Hinch. And I've already gone down that path explaining why there was no chance in hell. I had a better chance of getting the job than AJ Hinch. (laughs) But so it starts with the 3 0 pitch your mean Mercedes hits a moonshot with. And first off, there's a, there's, uh, Estadio is pitching for the Twins, and he's a position player. So really, when you throw a position player out there to pitch, you've basically thrown in the hat for the game. Yep, you're it, saying you you're surrender. one step behind forfeiting the game, like just saying pulling your guys off the field and saying it's over. Like, yes, which, that's which, correct. Which I, personally, me, I would prefer you actually did that most of the time, based on now what I, we're seeing because it happened the other night in another game too. So. Yeah, it was was the twenty nothing game with the yeah, Braves, Braves, Braves and the Pirates. Yep, just it, and that's more disrespectful. The game, right? And you know, so as it's as it was acknowledged by both Larusa and Yermin, there was a take sign on the three and zero pitch. He swung. Now, Tony has every right as the manager whose sign was ignored or missed, whatever term you want to use to do something about that because if he lets that go what's next you wind up repeating 2016 all over again okay fine that one i am totally behind tony Larusa on that now where it starts to diverge diverge is him saying the kid needed a lesson the or the kid was stupid or i forget the exact word he said clueless clueless yes thank you Him saying that, which. But it's also, again, someone misinterpreting. I call freshmen clueless and idiots and dumb all the time. It's the rookie. It's that rookie mindset. It's you're clueless. You're a rookie. You don't know shit yet. Like grow up. Now you have a clue. Like that's why that's what that's what I read into it. But I'm a coach. People that aren't coaches took real offense to like him saying that. And it was like literally tongue in cheek. Like it was literally tongue in cheek. That was the thing that people didn't get was like, I call freshmen clueless like every single day of my life because I teach freshmen. They're clueless. They are clueless. (laughs) Like it's real. It's not like a fucking bullshit. Like but but the idea of him understanding that everything that he's saying is going to be micro analyzed. Tony LaRusso needs to learn the words. Yeah. Next question. I think this situation as a whole is, is a nothing burger. If Tony LaRusso says this sentence, he missed the sign. It has been dealt with. Yep. Next question. Bingo. None of this, none of this, none of this shitstorm happens after that. So then 
he says the next day he apologizes to the Minnesota Twins that he apologized to them for doing that. Now, I'm going to say something that I know a lot of people won't like. I get a feeling I know why he apologized. I think he apologized so that trying to defuse the situation so that his rookie doesn't get thrown at. Mm -hmm. That's my personal opinion. Now, it did not work, which adds more fuel to the, you know, the TLR haters fire. But it did. And then it it did throw it did throw it out in the public eye, though, enough that Baldelli was going to get suspended if he did it. Like there was no like oopsie. The oopsie was now eliminated from the equation because it went to the court of public opinion prior to it ever happening, which, again, you like, you know, managers are savvy. He may have thrown it out there for that reason, thinking that there was so much pressure. You're going to either throw up my guy and take the suspension that's coming inevitably or you'll just back off and they didn't back off, but Baldelli's pretty much out of a job here real soon anyway. So, Oh, I think Baldelli's days are numbered with the, with that team starting out and not to divert. I'm going to diverge for a second. Mm-hmm. I think Baldelli's days are numbered, but it's not his fault. I think Brian Buxton or Byron Buxton is a fantastic talent. He could be an MVP if he could stay healthy the entire season, something which he has been unable to do in his career so far. So I think the twins have a failing similar to what the white Sox have, and that is depth of roster. And it's bitten the twins very hard this year. If you look at the record and they've picked up a reliever who some Sox fans love others were like, the regression's coming for him. It's just a matter of time. And you tried to explain that to people. The regression's here for him. The White Sox made the right call. Now, has Liam Hendricks done enough? No. Today, case in point. Uh, you know, I'm glad Tony told him to walk Aaron Judge to end the game. So that it didn't <laughs> it didn't go into the tenth inning. That's the thing of that today's 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 jump on Tony LaRusso is hilarious because it's literally Liam Hendricks' job to get outs in high leverage situations. And the guy that he brought in that's paid millions of dollars to get outs in high leverage situations walked in the winning run, walked it. Like he didn't give up yes. a hit. He walked in the winning run and fans yes. are still mad at Tony LaRussa because the dude that's paid to not walk in winning runs walked in a winning. Like that is the most absurd Tony LaRussa criticism I've heard. And I've heard a ton in the last four or five days. Like, like again, I have to really keep it on like a four or five day scale because it's like you're like five days later. You're like, I, wow, I can't believe you topped that. But you totally fucking topped it with that. That that is the most really ridiculous Tony LaRusa criticism. This one today, again, he brought a guy that's his job is to get outs, put the ball on a tee, dude. You're dirty, right? But he wasn't even close to the zone. Like when you look at the pitch track, every even the strike, the strike was like eight, eight inches up and in the zone. Like it wasn't even close. He didn't throw a ball in the zone in that at bat the entire time. Now I know Aaron judge is good, but aren't but you, also, good? aren't you good? Lane? I thought Hendricks was pretty good. I thought he had like some sort of skill to miss a barrel or something. Well, not only that, and it's not like Hendricks is a, or it's not like judge is a small target either. Mm-hmm. 
Big you're dude. not deal. You're not dealing with, uh, let's just say, you know, a Madrigal or a Jose a tu- Jose Altuve <laughs> when it comes to the size of the strike zone here. Eddie Gandil, <laughs> right? Or or uh, Eddie name. Goodell. Goodell. That's for those Goodell. who remember. Goodell. Yep. For those who know history. Uh, but getting back to Larue, and uh, by the way, if he told, if he did tell Hendricks to walk Judge to end the game, then I would say you also have to give him credit for telling. Um, Telling uh, Andrew Vaughn, go hit a home run as a pinch hitter in the ninth inning. I'm going to say this. Just just watching this. I hate Yachty. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just, it just came. Just the feelings. Just, I hate, I hate yeah. Yachty. Sorry. No, he's a, understood. Understood. He's a straight douche canoe. So, by the way, more, more shots of Deliverance Nation being shown. Yeah. I saw that. Like, holy shit. They love that. They love that, that, that powder, powder blue. Cardinals jersey, which was actually the, pretty the, sweet. The 80s uh, style. Yeah, it's actually like pretty the, sweet. But. The Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee style. Yeah. When they ran, like, they just started running and didn't stop. I'm a huge fan of the off-white. That So the Giants wear that uniform color all the time. The the That little, like, kind of, like, off-white, white. Oh, yeah. Like, sort of like the cream-ish. Cream. It's like a cream color. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love... Those are, those are, like, some of my favorite uniforms. I honestly... Uh, Whenever I design like uniforms for a team, that's one of the first designs. If I'm in a program that has it, come on, Nico, got him. Okay, Nico Horner, by the way, the best defensive infielder of the Chicago Cubs. <gasps> Blasphemous. Blas. Blasphemer. He has better lateral range than Javi Baez. Now Javi has a better arm, though. So I'll say that. Yeah, but Javi but, makes cool tags. But Nico is just he play. God, it's everything he does, man. Nico Horner is one of those players. That you watch play the game and you're just like, I love this guy because everything he does is fundamentally sound. Like, does that make sense? Like where you like, yes. you know that a guy has put time in to be the best kind of ball player he is because you see how he plays the game. Like, you know, he's actually taking the time. 150 fungos punching the guy at the plate. Like just now that wasn't the first time he has fielded a ground ball and punched a guy at the plate. Why? Cause he's simulated that in workouts 150 times a day over time every day. Like that's the kind of guy that you like on your roster. Like, and I love Javi, Javi's excitement. It's fun, blah, blah, blah. And you, but you know how I feel about Javi. Javi doesn't put that time in. Javi thinks that he wakes up and he just rolls out of bed. Excellent. And he does like, this is roll out of bed. Javi is what we get. And, and as far as Horner, there was a great play he made earlier in the game where he went back into right field, caught one over his shoulder, spun around and doubled Bader off of second base. He's just Bader. Bader went too far before he realized, Oh crap, he's going to catch that. I better get back. Got no man's lane. Yes. I love it. See, so him and Vaughn are my two guys like that when before they were drafted, they were my guys. So like this, the, the, the best part about like Vaughn and Horner where those are guys that I like paid attention to because they were college guys. So I'm actually pretty pumped. We, um, we got word this week, two of our, our, our two, our two, our number one and our number two or one and one a, I guess you'll call it. Both were invited to the major league baseball combine in uh, LA. So they're going to be going to the combine in LA, which they go and they interview with all, all the major, every major league team. They obviously they, they throw bullpens for them and, and they get a chance to like kind of like, you know, get a feed on who they are. Um, and then Chris Cortez, who's our big righty, who throws like 97, 98. He actually MLB.com just dropped its top prospects to top 200 prospects, whatever. And Chris was 199th. So it looks like Chris will be taken somewhere in the first 
three or four rounds in the draft in June. Tanner is going to Oregon. Chris is going to um, Arizona, but Tanner is like six, six. So Tanner actually hasn't filled out yet. He's a, he, we, he's the guy I call Bambi because he's like all legs. Like when Bambi was a baby and, he, and you know, Bambi's mom died, you know, gets shot by the oh, spoiler alert, gets shot. Hey, by the spoiler hunter. alert. Stop that. God dang it, Bambi. Um, but he's all legs. So he's like, he's like a, like Bambi on the ice. Like he's like, like all legs and no coordination. So I, I've known him since he was a little kid. Um, he's actually a good, like one of our, um, our summer coaches, it's his son. So like Dougal McDougal has Tanner's dad played for coach Witt. Like, so Tanner, Tanner's been a kid that's been around us since he was like a baby, like born. Like, so we've known Tanner since he was birthed. And so it's even funnier for him because his dad is a big beast of a man who's a bad ad, like a guy that, that, that we tell stories. Cause Witt, when, when Witt was a younger coach, um, and, ta- um, his dad, Mike, Mike McDougal was, um, a player at, at Valley high school, right after Roger don't, Fairless. Don't, don't say the name, Mike McDougal, White but, Sox fans still have flashbacks about oh. that name, <laughs> but that's a, so he, 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 um, he was the, um, so Valley high school here in Vegas for a long time was the hotbed program. That was Roger Fairless, Greg Maddox, Mike Morgan, blah, blah, blah. All those, all those players that came out of Vegas went to Valley. And then, so when, when, um, Roger Fairless retired, right. And so Witt took over for him and Witt played for him too, as a player. And so did Barry, his brother, um, and they took over at Valley as the head coaches and uh, they had Dougal. And so Dougs, <laughs> he tells a story. <laughs> he, he, it was a bad game. Somebody made a stupid fucking error. And Witt was going, you know, as coaches, we we're the last ones to leave the dugout. You know, we clean up the dugout, make sure there's no trash and whatever. That's like a normal thing. But he, <laughs> he came out of the dugout and apparently McDougal was so pissed off at like one of the teammates that made like a dropped a pop up or something. And Witt walks out the back door or back of the dugout and McDougal has this guy up six inches off of the ground, hand on the throat, choking him against the wall, like up the wall, right? And Witt's like, oh, all right, well, he blocks his eyes. Like, well, hi, hey, guys, have a good conversation. We'll see you guys later. <laughs> see you on the bus. Like, blocks it out, because that's how you do in the old days. You let the dudes, like, just handle their shit. So yes. so Dukes was a badass. Like, Dukes was, like, a, he was the prick on the bump. Like, you want that guy on the bump. Tanner is the nicest kid ever ever like the sweetest dude he's a silly goofball so the big thing that we've always messed with him is we we need to teach you how to be an asshole like we we want you to be half a prick on the on the on the mount because you it's hard to teach a kid how to be like have that swag because when you get on the bump you have to be like a fighter pilot you have to go out there and just carve like you can't have emotions like you really have to like believe that you're the best in the world and do it and Tanner, while he may believe it, he's just, he's so nice. Like he smiles and he's like laughing and I'm like, God dang it, Tanner. I love you so much, but dude, you need to like cover your, cover, cover the smile right now. Cause you're, you're, you're coming across as too nice. <laughs> Go get him. But he's going to get drafted too. So that we have, we have two guys that are going and uh, they're going to be in the pack 10 together if they don't sign. So even better, um, Cortez, Chris Cortez, which I hope the White Sox or the Cubs draft him. That would be like a perfect world. Um, Chris is going to Arizona. He's on what they call the, the Quintana scholarship, which is full rep. He, he's a rare division one full boat scholarship signee. So he's getting his entire baseball paid for. Um, wow. Which is very rare. Cause you get like what, I think it's like 11.5 scholarships for, for college baseball players. And right. Arizona is giving him the full boat and Jay Johnson, um, their head coach, said that Chris is going to pitch, obviously, that's his thing, but he also might pinch run because Chris is a great runner. He's fast as hell, but he's also a great hitter. So Chris is going to actually hit on occasion there too. And this is what people forget. Like when we talk about like, like you know, the, the National League having pitchers hit, some of these pitchers were also their starting shortstops on their high school team. Some of these pitchers were the best athletes, let alone 
pitchers. So like you throw these guys up there, like I, I think a Dylan Cease is a good example or a um, Geo. I think Geo actually probably Geo was probably like a shortstop. I, I I don't know this, but I would I would actually guess that Geo was a shortstop. At, I uh, believe he was. I would guess he was a shortstop at high school. Like he was just probably the best athlete on a great athlete team because that's it's San Diego that or well, California. That's Flair, I think Flaherty was actually a shortstop too. Oh, yep. Yep. Jack Flaherty. Like, well, that's funny because Tuesday night you get the showdown: Giolito versus Flaherty, and they're friends. They went to high school together. Like, and, and that's yes. Katz's. That's Katz's guy. Like, that's yep. that, you're going to get a guy that's going to coach against his former pupil. So if the White Sox oh, don't light him up. Cats is being a good guy. He's, he's not. He's not sharing some of that privy information. Well, all you need is to bring Max Fried in. You got the whole West, Harvard Westlake starting stuff. <laughs> God, they were so good. I'm just gonna say this because I coached against them. I they are them. Um, what's the other one? There's one because Westlake's like Cal, like like L A L A or Orange County or whatever. Um, there's one in San Diego too. Um, where it's. You, and you go watch them play. I got, I got actually got yelled at by her. Uh, I was in a new program. I was a pitching coach at Green Valley High School, which is one of the good ones here. And we were really good too. We were, I think at the time we went to San Diego, we were ranked like seventh in the country, I think at that point. And did their shortstop and their third baseman were just good. They were good. Like, and I was like, dude, look how smooth. I, I get excited when I see like good baseball. Like I'm that guy that's in the dugout watching any Audi and like watching how you like, how guy like attacks a baseball. I'm like, like, I love, I love good baseball. And so I got yelled at the head coach that I just, we had just started working together. He's like, why don't you go suck his dick for the, I'm like, dude, the guy's good. I'm sorry. Like he looks better than our left side. Like I'm not just, <laughs> I, I can't judge it. But when you watch some of these Cali, like California baseball, Texas baseball, Florida baseball, when you see these guys in high school, like I, I love Illinois to death, but when I go back home and I watch like high school baseball in Illinois, no offense to anybody that has kids that are playing in Illinois, our JV team here in Vegas. And we're not even like, well, we, we would have been a, like a top tier team this year, but our JV teams are on the same level. Like it's, it's, it's D three baseball here for high school. Like, does that make sense? So it's, yes. it's very, that it's, these kids play year round. Like what, what are you going to, I mean, you can't do that in that, Illinois. Right. That's the whole point with Illinois, Michigan, basically, you know, the Midwest, Yep. you only get seven, eight months out of the year to play because trying to play in December and January, Imagine taking a swing and getting one off the end of the bat in the middle of January. Oh, it hurts. oh I bet it that would feel I, that would feel great. I can tell you how much it hurts. It hurts. You get the bees in the bat, which um, you know, I think um, Easton came out with those VRS batting gloves back in the day. The vibration reduction system batting it was like gel pads basically. It didn't help. It hurts. It hurts to hit in the cold. And so when you're out in the warmth and and, and again here in in Vegas, we'll take um we basically get August off. And then September, October's weights. And then after Thanksgiving, this is how we do it. After Thanksgiving, we come back and we start fundamental stuff. We do mass fungos. We work on base. First thing we do is base running, by the way. That's like the number one thing to work on immediately. And a lot of people don't get this. It's a liability thing. You teach kids how to run the bases properly the first day out. You also now protect yourself from kids like popping their ankle, doing stupid stuff. And I've, I've seen kids cleat themselves where I had to like, I saw their femur. Like I've seen so many different gross, like kid injuries as a coach now where I'm like, Oh God, dude. So the fact that we do base running first, it, it eliminates a lot of the, the liability that we get sometimes. But that's why I get so pumped up when Chris, like when I see Chris Bryant running the bases, when he does it well, I'm like, we worked on that 
immediately. Like the first practice, Chris knew every year for four years after his first year, he knew that we were going right to base running. That was it, that we were gonna work on slides, proper attacks, you know, getting good angles, et cetera, taking the extra step. But God, when you watch major league baseball players now, it's sometimes you forget that like they, it's almost like they ignored everything that they learned because, or they weren't coached because some of these guys slide so bad. And I am an advocate of butt slides all day long. Stay off your chest, stay off your chest. If you're sliding into home, especially stay off your chest. You're going to break a collar first. You're going to break a collarbone. You're going to break a collarbone. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the truth. So we, you know, we try to like really preach that, but you know, and I'm glad to see, cause Chris broke it. Chris, Chris hurt himself. He hurt his shoulder um, sliding head first. And that's where I was like, I gave him so much shit um, in that off season. I'm like, dude, you know better. You're supposed to slide on your ass. Like yeah. ass first, please. He's so at- I have to, I have to ask you about that mm-hmm. now. You say you start the first day with sliding drills. Mm-hmm. You mean you don't start the first day with the John Wooden drills, like how to put your socks on? Ah, we do that at weights. <laughs> how to how to actually tie your shoes, and then how to one step take. I, I, dude, you're gonna get John Wooden over here right now. I'm a John Wooden like advocate. He but is, remember, he is every he's the year. Best. The first here's day. how you tie your shoe. He, you tie your shoes. Yes. He shows you how to like put on your socks, and then how do we cross the line, and how do we do every single thing? John Wooden wanted to be uniform, and people forget that it wasn't because it was a power control thing. It was because he wanted the players to feel comfortable in their routine, and that's something that players today have to have. And if you're a young player and you're not yet a pro, a routine is everything. The comfort is in the routine. So if you're a routine player, I put on my shoes this way. I, I button up my uniform this way. Everything you do, I get loose this way. I prepare myself this way. That's what makes a great professional a professional. They, and, the comfort in the routine. And that's what I love about Wooden. When you bring that up, I'm like, oh, right. it's my favorite thing ever. Well, and the routine, it, it's, if you really watch any sport, you will see routines, whether it's, you know, a guy, you know, like, taking free throws, how many times they bounce the ball. I mean, wiping, yeah, wiping their forehead, all that. In baseball, it might be the path they take to walk towards home plate. Do they walk in front of the catcher? Do they walk behind the catcher? Do they jump over the foul line when they're coming in? Perk Wendell. <laughs> Can I actually tell you this? This is 100%, 100% truth. I can right now close my eyes and visualize Chris Bryant's on deck routine. I can also close my eyes and visualize Chris Bryant's in the hole routine. I know exactly what he does for his routine to the T because I've seen it so much. He does the spin around his head, shoulder, shoulder, swing, swing. I, I can tell you to the T what he does because he's been doing it since he was 14. That's routine. That's what makes a good ball player. That's just one of the things that make a good ball player a good ball player. Like the routine right. is, I, I can't preach that enough. If there were ever any aspiring young ball players listening to our podcast, even though our most of our age is like, you know, roughly like 25 to like 45 demographic. Right. If you were an aspire or, or an aspiring beer league, you know, baseball, Sunday baseball guy. Or routine in golf. Golf. Oh. Father's O. So last, so last night, so my, uh, it was our friend's birthday party, but they had one of those, um, golf simulators 
as oh, one of, uh, as one of the, the oh. so that she, they spent so much damn money on this damn birthday. It was actually, she didn't know it. It was an engagement party. He proposed. It was awesome. Uh, oh, so nice. My buddy proposed. Congratulations. She, she obviously said yes. <laughs> so he was good. So he did good. H H is now an engaged guy. But last night, like, yeah. So one of the, one of the things was a, a room where it was the, the golf simulator. So you hit off the tee. I couldn't figure out for the life of me how to get the scene to actually get the same. I hit a piss missiles off this tee and it was registering zero. So I was like, God dang it. But you say that with routine though, with golf, it's the same thing. How you address a golf ball or how you step into the box or how you prepare yourself for a day at work. Routine is what makes good employees, good employees. Like how you can follow that and wake up every day. Like I'm a teacher. You're, you know, I think you're, you work in your it. IT. So you're like, you wake up and you know, your routine, like, you know, what, things you have to do to prepare yourself for the day because you've been doing it so long as a teacher, as a coach, as a person, as an employee, you know, you know that today I have to do this to get myself ready for whatever's going to be thrown at me today on today's adventure. And I think people forget about routine. Like I think the routine is so important for everything, not just baseball, but, but when you watch a pro athlete and you watch how they prepare themselves, those are the things that I love about like people don't, the casual fan maybe doesn't see that. And oh man, watching a, watching, watching a dude prepare themselves for like, whether it's, you know, you see a, a soldier's, you know, gearing up for a battle, whether you're watching, you know, a, a taxi driver getting ready to drive around. You have someone that just takes their thing, whatever their thing is personally, and they take pride in it. And when you take pride in something, it makes you a better whatever it is. And so when you have a player that has that routine, you look at that player and you respect that because you know that that player really does appreciate their job, their role, their lot. And that's, I love, I, I'm sorry, that was like a total tangent on routine, but I love it. Like I just, you could say Tatis, you know, Fernando Tatis. What does he do in the on-deck circle? There's no camera on him. You don't see what it is. Only thing, we talked about it last week, isolating, right? Yes. Isolating on a dude pre at bat is also Hunter Pence was maybe my favorite on deck circle guy I've ever seen live. He does some weird shit, like weird shit. Like he does some like weird stuff. Like where you're like, well, what the hell is he even doing? One He's hand, weird. Period. One hand swing, <laughs> two hand swing, spin, spin, spin. Like he does some weird, weird, weird stuff. And you're like, and then he goes up and he hits. And you're like, God, Dodger fans hated him because he was so good at what he did. That's the routine. And- there's two famous routines that immediately jump to mind for me. Two famous ones. The Joe Morgan chicken wing uh-huh. is one. Yep. And the Willie Stargell windmill is another. Ah. With the bat. Uh-huh. You know, how he had that windmill effect going. Yep. That's why I think uh, one of our guys, so Chris Bryant's uh, brother-in-law, Tomo Delp. Tomo is, we called him the windmill. And in the book, the Bryce Harper book, I don't know if you saw that, have you ever read the Bryce Harper book? It's like called no. The Natural or whatever. It's about Bryce Harper and his his year in college when he was, you know, 17 or whatever. And then they, um, Tomo's in there and Chasen's in there, Shreve, who's one of my guys too. And Tomo, they call him the windmill for that reason. He has the, the Willie Sturgill, mm-hmm. spins the bat around. And, you know, he's, he, I, 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 I'm not a big pimp Homer guy, but, Tomo hit a bomb against Coronado High School, which is like a sh- like they're the rich kids. They're the rich kids in town, yeah. and they're like a bunch of shitbirds. Um, a lot of at least this time period. I don't so, know. I don't so want to say this. I don't, get, I don't want to not get a job interview because I'm calling them shitbirds. But if I was the head coach at Coronado, I'd probably get fired in like a year because they are 
they act like shitbirds. Um, because so are you talking about the the jets and sharks or the uh, greasers and the soap? Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, and in Silverado, where we're at, is like literally like maybe a half a mile away too. So it's like rich kids, poor, you know, blue collar. I won't say poor. I'd say blue collar because I don't think our kids are like poor, but like White Bonanza collar, kids, Bonanza collar. kids were like actually like projects. Like we, uh, half of our kids lived in the projects at Bonanza. That's the thing about Chris Bryant, Chase and Shreve. They came from a school that literally is what would be considered um, at risk, I guess. Is that, is that, I don't know what the, 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 the politically correct term is, but it's not, it's, it's below the, below the economic line, I guess is Bonanza. So those guys, it, it's like half of them are like, they call them Mormon Gorman. Half the kids are like Mormon and, you know, LDS and they're, you know, they have money. But, and the other kids live like literally across the street. There's literally projects back to back with Bonanza, like actual projects. So it's like, that's the weird thing when people talk about like someone this week says something about Chris Bryant being so comfortable as a uh, ball player because he never had to struggle. He's not like the Dominican kids. He's never been poor. I'm like, his father almost lost the house in 08. So when Nick, Chris's brother, was a senior and KB was a sophomore, they actually almost lost their house. They were broke. Like the housing collapse here in Vegas, the the, the big crash it was, of 08. It was pretty dramatic, wasn't it? Huge, huge. And so Mike almost lost the house. They sold their furniture store. They had already done all this. Stuff. So like when people talk about Chris being privileged, it's like it, 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 it drives Mike nuts a little bit because Mike knows that he almost lost his, we had to deal with, Hey, where can we find you? How can we help you guys? Like, what can we do to help you guys? If blankety blank doesn't happen? Cause Mike was trying to figure it out. And luckily God, God willing, um, Mike started doing more lessons and Mike was able to pay the bills, but the Chris wasn't like loaded. Like that's a weird thing. I think people assume because he's a, a good looking white valedictorian at a high school that Chris was like this kid that never had to like sweat for something. And Chris, they almost lost their house. Like he was 16 years old, not knowing where he was going to live like in two weeks. Like, so that's the weird part about like, again, the game, but, um, Anyway, that's a total tangent, but Mike got me on that one earlier. That's, ooh, that's going to drop. Ooh, that was- and, you know, speaking of where to live, I have to bring this up. The latest uh, ticket assignments oh, yeah, for the White Sox. For the White Sox. Um, obviously, their next their next couple of homestands fall into homestand four, which is basically – this week and it ends June 16th. So it starts tomorrow, which is May 24th, ends June 16th. And one of the things that came out of it was there was no longer anyone buying uh pre-sales for season ticket holders where they use credits for your tickets. They basically decided to assign tickets for each season ticket holder near your uh your regular seat. So the assignments came out on Thursday, I want to say, and needless to say, there are a lot of questions by a lot of the fan base, a lot of the fan base, because there are several of us who sit in the 108. And for those of you who don't know, 108 is sort of the, as Steve Stone described it, the Mardi Gras section. The the, Mer- the, the the MRSA section. <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> there was Mardi Gras. There was MRSA. There was <laughs> all kinds of things. And the people who made the 108 what it is, Beef Loaf, Cherizi, My Sock Summer. Those are the three drivers of it, really. So 
they deserve the credit or you can say they deserve the blame, <laughs> but they're liable. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they got the liability. Yep. Their fault. So, so all of us received our ticket ass- assignments for lack of a better way to put it. And uh, Luke Taylor, it, Bruhan Luke is another one who yep. received his assignment. Wally's another one, me included in that too. Uh, King Nam is another one. So I can just keep going on, but all of us received our assignments and all of us got tickets in section 110, not 108, 110. Now, understanding that there's a pandemic and everything else, okay, fine. But, well, one exception on getting the tickets in 110. Cherizi, for some reason, got tickets in section 158 and he had, and he has two tickets, but he only got one. So I know he was working with, we have the same ticket rep. I know he was working with our rep on getting this resolved. So I have a question, not to cut in, but so you say your rep too, like, so is this someone that you like have dealt with that you, you, you know, almost, it's almost like a, when you, when you do it, like, again, I, I, I wouldn't know this like with uh, cause we don't have pro sports in, in Vegas, but um, that's not true. You do, well, we, do we, we do now, but, but when you're dealing with like an agent, like you have someone that you've, you've actually, do they have like focused agents where like, this is your sections, these are your sections or how, like, how do you know that you're dealing with the same person? Is the, that, the, like, is that how it works? Like, there's just like a, like, there's a rep that's like, I'm going to take the 108 and the 110 and you're like, oh, this guy is a saint or this person's a saint, but, or is there like someone that just randomly gets it? Like, I don't know how that works. Like, that's interesting. Cause you're like, I, you, I feel like you have a familiarity with your rep that it to me is really interesting. It's almost like an interesting, like relationship dynamic, but is that how it like works? Like, you know them, like you're like, do you know their first names? Do you know, like, do you know their voice or like, how does that, like when you say that, or is it just somebody that's answering a phone and just like ticketmaster.com? It is, it, it is an assigned person and the assignment, I do not know how the assignments are done. I think it is just whoever picks up this person asking about season tickets. And if they're able to close the deal, they get that account. Oh, okay. I think that's how it works. I've had, I've had full season tickets. My first year with full season tickets, believe it or not, was 2005. And the reason I got full season tickets in 2005 is because I had finished paying off my student loans and I said, the hell with it. I'm getting them. <laughs> that's that's so, me in two years, by the way, my student loans get waived because I'm a teacher. I love it. I can't wait. Yes. And this whole, uh, shut, I, this whole shutdown, by the way, they've, they've, they've paused all student loan payments. What about interest? No interest, nothing, but it still counts towards me paying every month. So I get a two year, like, again, I was like already when the pandemic started, I was like right on the precipice of having it like written off as a teacher. We've passed it now. I don't Now all I have to do is when it kicks back in, I have to just file some paperwork and all of my student loans are now gone because and it's teacher. Fun, it's it's funny you say that because that's the same thing that's happening with my oldest niece. She is a teacher for CPS mm-hmm. and she uh, she was a golden apple too. And she had to do five years with CPS uh-huh. to get her her the remainder of her student loan waived. Yep. Uh, waived. Ours was 10. It depends on the right. school, the, each individual school. Like So CPS, I'm sure, is probably especially drawing like as many like up and coming teachers, especially with like student yes. loan debt as possible. So it's, it's, yes. br- it's a brilliant, like 
teachers shouldn't have to pay for their college. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. We, 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 uh, that's one thing that I do believe is we should not have to pay for the education that we're about to get to give education. I, th- I think that's an actual good, I, I'm not a huge student loan debt forgiveness guy, but you know, I'm a teacher. I, I, I feel like teachers, that's one of them. That's one of them, you know, to okay. pay, to pay, to learn how to teach. Or, to or teach. if you get, or if you get a free ride after serving in the military. Yeah. Military too. Like military too. Like right. those are some things that are like admirable. Yes. Right off. But right. But I, so I paid mine off and I, cause I had before that I had bought, like they had the different 13, 14 game plans. They call them the Aussie plan, the Canerco plan, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So I was always buying those. I was buying those free. I was a ticket season ticket holder until the strike. And with the way the strike went down where the White Sox were, I was a very angry fan and I did not get season tickets for several years after that until about, I'd say 99 or 2000, I'd go to opening day and I have a streak intact of uh, the last opening day I missed was 1990. I don't include 2020 in there because of the circumstances involved, but I did have a cutout there. So that gives me partial credit. But so the tickets were assigned to everybody in section 110. And we were talking, oh, you're here, I'm here, you're here, so on and so forth. And I reached out to my rep and I said, what about, why why weren't we assigned to our seats? And the first answer I got was, well, Ticketmaster handled it. We had nothing to do with it, which... I totally believe. And my issue was not necessarily with my rep because they are the unfortunate low man on the totem pole who basically have to appease the angry fans at policies. They have no hand in setting and just, and just inherit it. Shoot the messenger. (laughs) Right. This is what we're doing. You need to, you need to calm the masses. Damn it. So, so what happens is I go out on Friday, Friday or Saturday, whatever day. And I look, I go, oh, let me see if there's tickets available in the 108. And I see that there are tickets available for sale, including my seats. <laughs> uh did somebody want to tell me that I don't have my seats? So, so I take a screen capture of my tickets being for sale. And I email the screen capture to my ticket rep. And I say, uh, why are these for sale? And my ticket rep's response was, well, they probably went for sale because somebody turned them down. And to which I said, Well, that's funny because those are the tickets I paid for. I wasn't even offered them, let alone turn them down. (laughs) What I, (laughs) so uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of very angry people about the way this has been handled. Is Is it the communication? Is that what it is? Like just not explaining what the policy is going to be to the fans is that what it is? Like, is it because they failed to explain exactly like how they were going to go about this? Is that what it is? Or is it like, or is it worse? Like, is it just, like it's worse really, than really that. I, I, they did make an attempt to explain it. Now 
I don't think it was the best, mind you, but they did make an attempt. So I, I give them credit for making an attempt. And my rep actually sent me an email before the release went out with the new assignment saying, you know, this should be going out. If you need anything, feel free to let me know. Remember, I had no feedback in this. So I'm like immediately thinking, you knew this was coming. That's why you sent the preemptive email. Right. To try and to try and calm things down. It's an old corporate trick, but <laughs> get ahead of it instead it, of behind it. Do it on a Friday at 5 p.m. and get yes. ahead of it. Yep. And so I reach out to him and I and he says, Well, those probably weren't uh those were turned down by somebody else. I'm like, Well, I didn't, I never got an offer. I go, it's funny that the seats I paid for are actually for sale right now with a little markup on there, by the way, which leads me to the, th- the what I think they're going to do. I think because one of the things they've announced is that they are creating vaccination stations on the 100 and 500 level of the ballpark starting tomorrow. God. Sorry, sorry, Kate, I'm going to interrupt. KB, just it bat by KB just now was one of those things where just like to watch right. first two guys in the inning in the top of the ninth first pitch pop out KB works to count three three one and then just sits on a ball Gallego throws a ball a little bit inner and KB just puts the hands out there hits a base hit to the left like just sorry that was just makes me happy I love watching him do what he does like he's just making it work he's not like a three outcome guy I, I, I thank love God I love it like he's he's he looks like a three outcome guy based on some things but he's not a three outcome guy like he is I gotta hate these oven mitts that they put on their hands at first place when they run the bases God they I, look, they're so I, dorky. I am tired of the three outcome guys Adam Dunn I was against the Adam Dunn signing by signing by the White Sox back in the day and everybody's going oh he's gonna hit 40 home runs <laughs> no he's no, not, he's not. No, he's not. <laughs> but he did one season out of four <laughs> It's just, that it's first just, season was a doozy when he batted about 180 and had 11 home runs. Adaptive bats is what the game needs right now. We're seeing so many no hitters. We're seeing so many different things that are happening because there are stubborn minds in the game right now that say, I am not going to adjust for anything. It has to be this way. And you're beating your head against the wall. Guys, we see it like a Nick. I know Magical's kind of been a little bit under the bus lately, but you have guys like him or Nico Horner or um, uh, for the Cubs, um, Matt Duffy. You have guys that go out there and they find ways to put the ball in play. And when you put the ball in play, you have a higher percentage of getting on base than if you don't put the ball in play. Like so, it's it's a it's a good it's a good philosophy is contact. Contact gives you a chance. And I love no, 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 does not. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's what's funny because people are like, I want this. I'm like, I don't give me a guy who strikes out 20 times a season over the one who strikes out 180 any day of the week, because it's exponentially better to put the ball in play. Like you were saying, because as you mentioned earlier, the fundamentals on a lot of these guys are not the best. Terrible. Yes. They've, they've cruised along on ability alone and nobody has ever redirected them to learn how to play the game correctly. That's the sad part is that there's some guys in the game right now. And especially in like the pros that if they learned a little bit more of the nuance, they would be 
you know, maybe, you don't say like a ton, but they'd be like 10% better. And that's a lot. Like when you think about like a ball player, like guys that get the, the right twitch, the first step, mm-hmm. the right reaction. I mean, I'll Just take, I'll take an out, I'll take an outfielder that goes first step back all day long, but I want to, I actually want to, I want an outfielder that reads ball off the bat. And, and I not, have to be it's honest. It's not first with step you. back. It's not. It's just read the ball to bat. And I have to be honest with you. That's one of the things that has really, really impressed me about Andrew Vaughn in the outfield. Yep. He looks like the first couple of days were obviously a little rocky because he really did not get much play there. Just adapting. Then he was adapting. Right. It's just adapting and getting getting the feel, getting getting the feel, getting the hearing the sound off the bat. There was a play yesterday where you could tell the sound off the bat did not match where the ball went because he broke back and then he, he hauled ass to try and get in to catch the ball, but he could, it, it was too much. He couldn't make it in to get the ball, but I can honestly say I could see Vaughn being in right field next year mm-hmm. for the white side. And I would not have a problem with that. I felt that right field was their Achilles heel to be before the season started before all the injuries and everything. Else. And your, 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 your judgment is mostly based on like offensive performance for a person that's manning the defensive position. Or are you talking about like, like right field as a defensive spot too? Or are you just saying, are you talking about like, so filling in that blank would be because that bat isn't filling the, the, the right field spot. Or are you talking about like defense, like actual, like fielding the ball? Like, or is that a, or are you talking more specifically I, offensively? I just, I say both, to be honest with you. Okay. The bat, the bat could play there. And not only that, I don't think he would be a gold glove outfielder, mind you. You're not talking about Roberto Clemente out there. <laughs> but at the same time, you're not talking about serviceable. Like, he's serviceable. Yes. Uh maybe a step after repetition and everything else and some time out there working to what you said earlier about not being lazy. I don't think that's, it's obvious. He's not a lazy player because you've seen the, the ability in left field go up the more exposure he has. And I'm sure he's out there before the gates ever open with, with Boston or somebody getting reads off the bat, Yep, getting reads off the bat, you know, working on his footwork and, People may not like this answer, but that's why I like having Billy Hamilton on the team because there might be a situation or two right now, not necessarily in the future, but right now where you're like, I don't want to expose them to this. Put Billy Hamilton out there. So because Billy Hamilton is a pretty decent outfielder in his own right. I wish he could hit, but I have to ask this question because like I said, my feed is about 30 to 45 seconds ahead of yours. How much work does Matt Carpenter put in that beard of his? Oh, dude. So I don't you, so I don't know if you saw this, by the way. We were talking about routine earlier. Um, they actually quick 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 cut to Carpenter doing yeah. his on deck routine. He was he actually goes, looks like he goes uh half a barrel up. So he grabs the barrel like mid barrel and goes each hand. Cause I saw him doing like he was grabbing, so you see where the pine tar is, like the, where the white and the black go on his bat. He yes. was grabbing the black area of his bat, just doing some like I, I don't know if that's like, like loosening a, his yeah, wrist it's like or a something? forearm loosening, whatever. But that's the routine, man. Now, that routine is just I, I just I can't I can't preach routine more. I preach it to my guys a billion times. Like you could be in the state championship, you can just be in a random ass fucking like batting practice to practice. Follow your routine. Do the routine. 
the routine is where the comfort is at. Like you can be in the worst case scenario. And if you have that routine, you are comfortable because you are in a moment that just feels like any other moment because of the routine. That's the, that's a, um, that's a Phil Jackson thing. That was a terrible swing, by the way. Um, that's a Phil Jackson thing. That's a, the Tao of sports, the Tao of sports, which is uh, the beginner's mind. Um, <clears throat> I love ball players that approach the game the right way. And whatever your routine is, if you have to like put, put a bat between your butt cheeks and wiggle your ass, if that's your routine, do it. Like, but have a routine, have, have a plan. And that's for everything in life. Like you go to work, have a plan for the day. You know, you, it, 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 it translates over. And so when we teach this to the young kids, it's, it's about teaching them how to be good professionals, not just good ball players. And that's the, the, the thing that you see with some of these ball players, they, they never got that. They were just so talented that they, nobody ever told them no. Um, and that's a weird, I, I love Bryce Harper to death, but Bryce was never told no. And my mentor, Coach Shani, rest in peace, passed away last year. Um, even in college, Bryce was never told no. Um, he never was told that you need to kind of taper back. They were like, just Bryce be Bryce. Because Bryce being Bryce is worth it. Like, it, it, it pays off. And we talk about the little things. But that's one of those things. Like, I love, I love the passion. I love how the game has encouraged players to change the game. Right. Change the game. And we saw this last night. Um, the pitcher ran his mouth after he struck a dude out and nobody said shit. It was fine. Like it was, but it, he was pounding his chest and doing what Amir Garrett did. <laughs> and oh, Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer. It was Trevor Bauer. Uh, he did the stupid did he sword. Do- he did his sword. Yes. Sword I saw dance. the sword. I and did see the sword. That right there is what got Amir Garrett in the presence of Javi Baez. <laughs> Suspended for like a few games, and it I wasn't even it, him. I find it ridiculous that Baez did not get suspended for that. Was, he jumped bullshit. over the fucking rail. He's the one that should have been suspended. He's the one that yes. interrupted the game. Nobody else yes. slowed the game down. It was Javi right. Baez, and I again, yes. I'm a Cup fan. I'm I don't defend Javi on that. I will defend Amir all day long, even though I've dealt with Amir since Amir was 16 as well. So <laughs> right, he he likes to fight, no. but. Yeah. No, that wasn't Amir's fault. Like, but the Trevor Barrow last night, he did the sword. Cool. But don't get pissed. And like when a player gets pissed that you did it, his is bad. Like the sword is literally like the dumbest celebration. Like it's, <laughs> it's actually really bad. No, like, no. There's I'm, no I'm actually more that. offended by how bad the celebration was than the celebration. It was just not no, really crazy. There's one, there's one that I think is dumber and I've seen Bauer do it. I saw Hendricks do it the other day. The Conor McGregor. Oh, the walk, walk. the shoulder the walk. walk. Yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. do something, do something original. Don't copy <laughs> someone else. <laughs> yeah. Cause I saw Hendrix do it the other day. That's the troll walk. That's a troll walk. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, fine. Do something original. Don't steal someone else's. I mean, if you want to change the game and all that, be original. Ooh, Don't that, be stealing someone else's. It's a really good. So if you're watching the Cub game tonight on Sunday night, sorry, that's a really good slide at second by Carpenter. I actually really, really, um, he he broke up the he broke up the double play. He went in straight, and actually Nico Horner, unfortunately, um, didn't protect himself as well. Um, so we teach this too. You want you want the back of your knee facing the runner, so that if the runner comes into your your lower body, your Obviously, you have the give with your the back of your yes. leg. If you get punched in the back of your leg, it's gonna your knees. You just go gonna buckle forward right. instead of backwards. And so Nico didn't do that though, so it makes the throw harder. It also obviously makes the throw go down 
instead of getting on top of it, you're you get pushed down. So it's like a one hopper, two hopper or whatever. But I, that was a good slide by Carpenter. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't, I haven't read Twitter yet, but I'm sure Cub fans are bitching about it. It's, that was like, <laughs> that was a good slide. That was, that's how you want to slide into second to break up a double play. Perfect. Wait, are you saying, are you saying fans bitch on Twitter? What? Did I miss something? What? Really? If you have an issue with his strategy, with his game calling, with, not, you know, with not bunting Andrew Vaughn on Friday night with runners on first and second in the ninth inning or with who he put in the pitch or the fact that Kyle Hendricks walked Aaron Judge today to lose the game. Fine. You can have that. That's part of being a fan. I'm so but, you just totally pulled a Cub fan influence. By the way, it was Liam Hendricks did that. You oh, called him I? Kyle okay. Hendricks. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That I am so taking. I'm so taking credit for that one. That was you mistaking a Cubs Cubs player for yes. a White Sox player, and that is so my fault. I love it. Sorry, sorry. I had to, <laughs> I had to point that out. I saw that. I'm like, yes. I yes, have to you're go right. On one, you're correct, though. I I have to do go on one tangent before I go on with that. Yeah. Okay. Now watching this game, Cardinals and Cubs. I see an arm patch for Bob Gibson. Totally deserved. Yep. Absolutely deserves it. Where's the Lou Brock one? Because he should have one too. Yeah. I would think. Did he pass away this year? Be- yes. Oh, why is yeah? Him, him and Gibson were like, I want to say a couple weeks apart. That is you know, a nice patch. Actually, that is a really nice patch, actually. I like that. I, yes. I, I didn't even notice that until you just mentioned it, and I love that. That's good. Right. But why isn't there a Lou Brock patch? I think with the Cubs series, maybe it was too soon. No, he they haven't had one on all season. Yeah, they haven't had one on it's, all season. It's still too soon. It's still too soon. It's still too so soon. Will the, so will the Cubs wear an Ernie Brolio patch? Correct. And that's the thing is, this is my the, the whole Chris Bryant trade rumor stuff. I'm like, you guys understand you're literally sitting on a Lou Brock trade for Ernie Brolio. And you guys don't get it. Like, Stop. Well, you, you know, in all anywhere. honesty, in all honesty, that the Lou Brock, the Brock for Brolio trade may someday be is possibly could be replaced. Yep. The and I know I know Cherizi is going to be very upset when I say this. The Tatis Jr. for Shields trade Ooh, yeah, may replace it in the future. It could. It could. And, and you know, actually, you bring up a good thing we've talked about, too, is um, like again, we're talking about like players and, and how they look at where they're maybe headed in the future. Yes. And I, you know, and I can say this and I, you know, I talked about this. I can tell you right now, White Sox fans, if you're listening, Chris Bryant has been watching you. Okay. And if Chris Bryant has been watching you, that means that other potential free agents are watching you right now. So how you act and how you treat every single dude top to bottom on the 40-man roster plus the coaching staff is on full advertisement display. So if you're going to be an ass, if you're going to be a a player hater, you're going to be a a cancer, you're going to be toxic. Or if you're going to reach out to the player's family, a.k.a. Rick Giolito or a.k.a. Mm -hmm. Ashley Rodon. Absolutely. There is you on display. And so do you want, do you want top tier? Cause I mean, I, I see a bunch of Sox fans talking about top tier free agents. Do you think they want to play for a toxic fan base? Take note of yourself. Know what you're saying. 
Know what you're doing. Know that they are watching too. So operate as if you're trying to sell the White Sox to a free agent. And if you can't do that, you don't deserve the free agents that won't sign with you in the first place. You have to understand that they are watching. And I can tell you this, Chris Bryant has watched White Sox Twitter and he doesn't judge White Sox Twitter well. So do you want to know that if Chris Bryant was traded to the White Sox for a blankety blank? Do you think he wants to play well, for you? The answer is no. Well, I, yeah, your think, fault, he would, though. I not, think he would honor his contract, but would. that would be the extent of it. But your fault, your fault, not his. You have shown yourself to be toxic lately. He sees it. He knows it. And that's not just him. That's all other free agents. Sell yourself. You actually have to sell yourself as a fan base to a player. Players want to play in good places. Okay. It's not just about the money. They want to play in a fan base that's good. And if you are a why toxic you, fan base, why the fuck would you want to come here? So operate well, as such. And, and to, to your point about toxicity or however you want to say it, there was a lot of things. I'm just to the point where I had to take, I had to tune myself out from Twitter for a couple of days. Cause I was just getting so frustrated reading some of the con commentary by some of these people. I mean, you had people who were actually saying die D old man. Oh my God. To Tony Larusa. We talked about that on the Pinkers and Ivy podcast. Die, too. old man. You're, like, you're wishing death on someone because they don't make the same managerial moves that you would agree with. Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, are you kidding right. me right now? Like, that is the right. and you 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 showed me those. Yeah, you keep sorry, just keep going. I I I I ranted in my car, literally yelled at like the windshield. Um, <laughs> the no, day, I when you sent me were, that text I'm, that day, I literally yelled in traffic in my car in a manner that I would never do on this show. And I said things that I would never say in public about when you wish that kind of stuff on someone, I, I hate to say this. I hope it actually reverses boomerangs on people that you love most. I know, sounds terrible. I know it sounds, it sounds terrible to say that, but if you wish death on someone, I hope that your death wish on someone else flips. Sorry, I, yes. it's, it, you should never do that. That's, I didn't even wish death on Osama bin Laden, let alone right. like a manager that I don't, you bunted on, like, in the ninth inning and you're mad. Like, calm your shit. But right, exactly. It, it's stuff like that. It's you know, you know, just some of the, it's not only the the vitriol directed at Tony, which there is plenty. And some and again, of it, some of it is warranted. We should say this. Like, absolutely. Like managerial decision criticism is totally warranted, but yes, absolutely. And that's what I started with. If you want to criticize him for his moves, his bullpen handling, his pinch hitting bunting. Hey, as a fan, that's your right. You fan the way you want. But when you take it to that personal level, yep. die old man. And you know, you know, I, Oh yeah, but he's been, he, you know, he shouldn't be managing because he was, you know, caught drunk driving twice. Oh, okay. God. Low again, hanging, again, they call again. that low hanging fruit. Right. Again, no one is condoning that. Let's get that right on get, the table. Just because, get over it now. It's we've known this for right. months now. It's, it's we, not only we've known it for months, but he had his day in court. Now you may agree with the the verdict he got. You may disagree with the verdict he got, but he had his day in court. And he served his sentence. Again, you may agree with the sentence. You may disagree with the sentence, but he served his sentence. Yep. And I will say one more thing, and I am guilty of this. I will fully admit it. 
he who has not sinned should throw the first stone mm-hmm. because there's been times where I know I should not have driven. I there's more than I want to admit, to be honest with you, but they're there. So if you can sit there and say that, go ahead. But if you sit there and say that you open yourself up for the yep. same, the same critique mm-hmm. as you're giving out. Yep. And that's the rampant hypocrisy. And further for every finger you point, there's one more pointing back right at you. Yes. And further Sox fans or any fan base, really, I'm not limited to Sox fans, just any fan base fan, how you want to fan every it's a, it's a personal experience for every single person, but because you fan one way and someone else fans another way does not make you right and them wrong or them right and you wrong. And that shit needs to stop. You know, you may not agree. And I know the guy, so I'm going to call him like Ken, Ken W.O. I know Ken W.O. is a giant lightning rod for a lot of Sox Twitter. And having met Ken. And he's also, he also plays a professional wrestler heel role too. Like, so yes. like, like you have to really like preface that too. Is he, that's not actually really Ken. That's the character I think that he's playing. Yes. And, but, but I give Ken credit. I will give him credit because once he takes a position, he sticks with that position. He will not deviate from it. He will be that person. Real quick, Javi Baez, top of the 10th, runner at third, one out. Oh, just wait. Wait just till, wait. oh my God, he's swinging at balls that bounced six inches in front of the plate. Okay, so not just taking wait. me at bats. I can't wait. Oh, just wait. You're, just see, wait. you're 30 seconds ahead of me now. I wanted to cry. Yes. I want to cry now. Because yes. that ball, that, he uh, might have, why didn't you just roll the ball? You can just roll the ball, underhanded. And just he'll wait. still swing at it. Oh God. I guess we're going to pitch over his head too. Shit. Just wait. That's what I feel is coming. All right. All right. So I'm watching. So Pete already knows the the result. I know the result. I'm watching Javi. I think it's going to be a high fastball swing and miss. Oh, he's just going to pop up. Oh, no, he pimped. Is that caught? Oh, he got it done. He got homer. Whoa, shit. All right, Javi. (laughs) All right, then. Good then, but that that pitch was in the zone. Why did you hang one in the zone? <laughs> yes, that's I agree. That's awesome though. That's even better. That's a, I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. That's good contact. But, but you'll hear about the greatness of Javi with that play. Yeah. Oh, look at look at what he brings. But that swinging a ball in the dirt was. Mm-hmm. That, if you're a major league pitcher and throwing a ball in the zone, oh, he just waved into the Cardinals dugout too. But he <laughs> but he was mad about Amir Garrett. Why why are you yes. waving Why are you waving at the Cardinal dugout? Yep. If Amir Garrett that was, was disrespecting your team. Oh, that was a meatball. Select, oh, my God. That's for the first pitch. Now I need to see this home run pitch. Look at this ball. It's a meat, Look at that. Oh, my God. Meatball. Yeah, if you actually his uh his little his grid, that's red on the grid. And look at him walk, too. Did you see him walk? Yep. Out of the box. Amir Garrett was suspended for how many days? Seven. And, and that's not disrespecting your opponent. I'm sorry. I'm, it's not an unwritten rules thing. That was you. I mean, I'm fine with it because it's the Cardinals. So I actually want you to just know that you're, you're bri- it's okay to break the rules, by the way. Like here's what people don't get. You do know, if you know the rules, you can also break the rules and you know, you broke the rules and you're like, ah, yes. I kind of went over the line. Sorry about that. But nah, fuck yes. you. It's when you speed in on the freeway, you know, you're breaking the rule, 
but sometimes you, you, you're like, fuck you. I'm going to break the rule. And that's what I love about baseball is we, if you know what the rules are, which is don't disrespect your opponent, play hard at mm-hmm. all times, you know, play straight and play fair. Those are the unwritten rules. Everything else is like just all subjective at that point. And if you know that like it's disrespecting your opponent, if your opponent like feels it as disrespect and then you knowingly do it, that's breaking the, the rules. But when it's your rival, the twins, or, or the, the Cardinals. Cardinals, in this case, <laughs> break it. Have fun. Because you know what? Absolutely. I'd rather take it. I want to. I actually want to go into your clubhouse and do an upper decker in your your your, your toilet if I could. Like I, it's the fucking Cardinals. I hate you, like mm-hmm. Yadi. I want to punch you in your throat. The only person that's wearing a Cardinals uniform that I don't want to hit in the face is Mike Maddox because it's Mike, and I've known Mike since I was a kid. So I that's yeah. only because he's a but, good guy. Because he's a good guy. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. I, I hate the Cardinals. I want, but that's the unwritten rules. The unwritten rules you. To know them, and you know when you break the unwritten rules, you know if you have broken them, you're going to pay a consequence, and it's worth it. Like, does that make sense? Yes. That's, that's what yes. I love about, like, if you disrespect your opponent, you know that eventually they're going to come back and be like, hey, bitch, I got. I remember the wave. Look, see, they're showing the wave. Now you see the wave? Yes. They're showing him waving towards the deck. They, they know that you did that, and they're going to remember it. And, again, revenge is a dish best served cold. I love baseball for that reason. You play each other so many times. That's why I love that pitchers have to hit. That's why I love it. Is pitchers, if you dose a dude, you have to dig in that box if you're a starter sooner or later. So someone's going to pay you back eventually. Um, you know, what's his nuts? Uh, Trevor Bauer. He can be a dick all he wants. And if he goes beyond the line, he still has to hit. He's a starter. He's going to yes. hit twice a game. So you're going to have to dig in there at, at minimum twice. And I, I love that about baseball it, with that part of it is that it is a, uh, you can tell someone that I didn't like your behavior. Does that make sense? But you don't, you don't have to hurt them or like be mean or, well, and but you tell them that the, that was too much. Right. And that's the point of getting back to what we talked about a while ago with Larusa and Larusa's week. Yep. I believe part of his apology, if you will, to the twins was to say, Hey, he's a rookie. He doesn't understand. Let's not bean him yep. for, for lack of a better way to put it. Was, now he was telling when, them. when LaRusa said the twins did it the right way, what he meant in my opinion was they threw it, they threw it behind him and they threw it at his ass. Yep. Low, lower body. Right. And not, you, you don't have the situation with uh, what's his name in New York who took the one off the face and yeah, got, God, got his face all distorted. Terrifying. Yes, absolutely. But that's what he's talking about when he, and again, I shouldn't say that's what he's talking about. That's what I believe he's talking about when he makes those statements. Now I find it disgusting to be honest that he apologized to the twins. Now the twins never apologized for the Tory Hunter on Jamie Burke play that I ever saw. And second, for those who want to go after Tony for apologizing to the twins, understand how the nickname, the piranhas came about. The piranhas came about because Ozzie Guillen, when he was the manager, spent so much time licking the nutsack of Ron Gardenhire and the Minnesota twins <laughs> that that is how the piranhas nickname came about. Cause he spent, he talked about Kubel and you know, all these other guys uh, you know, it was, and with the twins, it wasn't Maurer or Morneau 
who generally beat you. It was the Kubels of the world that beat the White Sox. And same thing with Kansas City. It was never the big swinging guys who beat them. It was always the Martians. That's why he went and traded for Martian because Martian looked like a superstar against the White Sox and sucked against everybody else. You know, and I could think of a Cub equivalent to that too. Jeff Blauser. Jeff Blauser oh, looked like yeah. a superstar against the Cubs. Yeah, he sucked was. against everybody else. Derek Lee, before he became a Cub too, was also notorious right, Cub but killer. Derek, but Derek Lee looked pretty damn good as a cub though. Moiston Alou was also very uh, big cub killer before he became a cub. Right. But that's my opinion of what was happening with the whole Larusa week, if mm-hmm. you will. Now, you can say what you want. You're allowed to have your opinion. I'm not saying you're not, but there's a difference between having an opinion and being an ignorant asshole. Yep. Wishing death on someone is being an ignorant asshole. Giving out someone's address because you disagree with them is being an ignorant asshole. It's actually, I would say, I would go one step further. I would say call him being a horrible human. Okay, I, fair I, enough. That, that to me is a, being like taking taking a game and making it yes. that serious means you have um, some issues with your priorities, first off, but the fact that you're willing to do that to a, another person and, and put them in a, that kind of a place mm-hmm. or wish that is right. it's, it's as low and classless as like, there is no other, like you can't get lower. That's, that's the lowest of the low wishing right. harm or death on someone. I don't give a shit who they are. Like I'm saying like the yes. worst human being in the world. I don't wish death on anyone. You know what I wish? Redemption. Yes. That's what I wish. And, Payback. Yeah. Or redemption. I want them to see the yeah. light. I want them to change. To to wish death on someone because you don't agree with them is nah. Nah. That doesn't work that way. Like it's it's that right. that was the that was the hardest part for me. And you and I have talked about this a ton, how much mm-hmm. I love White Sox Twitter. I love preseason or off season White Sox Twitter yes. a hell of a lot more than in season White Sox Twitter. And I I I love a ton of people on White Sox Twitter, but it's I've seen some people like it's too much. You guys relax, calm your tits, yes. calm your tits, relax. It's fun. It's play it's ball. Supposed, play it's, ball, it's a not game. work ball. It's yes. play ball. And get back to the good content. Game. I want the good. Yeah. I've muted so many people. I'm doing like a, like a one month, and I do it on my phone. I'll mute somebody. I say, remind me in a month to unmute. Blah blah blah. I want right. content. I want the the content that was coming before all of this was so good. And now it's all just toxic content. And I want good content. That's what I loved about White Sox Twitter was quality content, good baseball well, content. And it's right now it's it's low-hanging fruit. It's mm-hmm. played out. Honestly, you want to make an old joke about Tony La Russa, your joke is older than Tony La Russa now. That's the joke, is that yes. if you're making an old joke about Tony La Russa, your joke's old. Your joke is just as crotchety as Tony La Russa might be in your mind. That's not right. a fun. That's not even funny anymore. It's not even funny. So come right. up some, find some new joke. Maybe talk about his sideburns. Maybe he has like weird side. I don't. Whatever. His wings and his hair. Something else. It's it's just the the it's low hang the old, the racist the, you know all the stuff the that ageist they, the ageist stuff. It's all it's done. Like it's over. It's played out. Just forget it. Now come up with something else. I'm good with that though. Like you want to come up with something funny that's new. And the DUI stuff too. I'm tired. I'm tired. Again, he served. I'm tired. He had his day in court. Yep. And I'm tired of it. So find something right. else. 
throw those out too. Those, well, it, get some new funny. jokes and it's, let's go for it. But these yeah. are played out jokes. They're not the funniest. Funny. The funniest thing about it is I made a comment to somebody where I said, if you knew anything about the White Sox organization, you would have known that there was zero chance that I had a better chance of becoming manager than AJ Hinch mm-hmm. based on the owner. And people are going, well, he overrode his GM. And I'm like, that's the first thing. And I'm like, do you know how an org chart works? <laughs> I could draw one out. It's very simple. Jerry's up here. Rick is down here. And the reporting structure goes up. But I was, I said, there was no chance in hell AJ Hinch was going to become manager because of what happened in Houston. And I'm going to use a Ken point that he raised that I never thought of. And I kick myself for not thinking of this because it's a brilliant point. What Ken said was, I don't want him as manager, not because they cheated, but because it was obvious they had no respect for him because in the testimony for that, that testimony that came out in 2020, he said he took a baseball bat to that TV and that monitor in the tunnel. And smashed it to pieces. Right? But it was still there again? It showed up the next day. Why didn't he do it day two? If they respected him that much, don't you think they would have got the message that this isn't good? I want to see a receipt for a broken television. (laughs) But, you know, and it's a great point because it's obvious somebody did not respect him. Because it was immediately replaced. Now, who replaced it is still a question. Mm-hmm. But he had to walk down that, that tunnel, though. He had to yes. walk right past it. He could have busted it again yes. if he didn't yes. believe in it. Could have busted yep. it twice. Why not That's keep right. going with it? If you feel something strongly about something, don't you just keep, keep doing it? Don't you just punch it till it's dead? Beat yep. the dead horse, so to speak. Yep. Now, somebody responded to me when I said that. Well. Tony LaRussa knew about the steroids. That's not even the same thing, though. It's not. It's, and it's really, and a, I'm like, that's actually a real straw man argument because yes. steroids don't hit a curveball. It's not only that steroids don't hit a curveball, but steroids, by Jose Canseco's admission, by the way, all that stuff was not done in full view of everybody. Yeah, he just showed up ready to go at camp. Like, well, not only that, but. You know, there's the stories of him injecting McGuire in the ass in the bathroom and everything else. It's not like they were in the locker room itself doing it in front of the entire team yeah. and everyone else. They were doing it I mean, secretly, like what people that are doing steroids do. They do yes. it secretly. Like nobody nobody cheats <laughs> like, publicly. Well, I like, can tell you're the Astros, which they literally which, cheated publicly. Like that's, that's why they're they did. The worst. Boston did. They're the worst you know, cheaters. Boston did it too. Yep. Boston had the thing going on and it's amazing how their record changed when they went, went from, was it 108 wins in 18 yep. to like 84 or something in 19. I judge, I judge that more than I judge Pete Rose for betting on baseball. I judge that worse. Like I actually think that's worse what they did than what Pete Rose has been accused of. And now I, let's be honest, Pete Rose totally, totally bet on baseball like he oh god there's no question he we know baseball he he is actually he um i i was at a uh, this is totally side note 
Um, Did you see him at the store in Mandalay Bay? No, I he, saw him there the last time I was in Vegas. No, he came to a baseball <laughs> camp that I was coaching in. So it was like a tournament. So like I was just assigned a team. So I went down to San Diego. It was we you all still stayed. have still have the bad haircut. We, yeah, totally. <laughs> we stayed. We stayed in the dorms, and he was the the Saturday night guest speaker of the. So it's like the guy that owned the bat company that was like sponsoring the tournament was friends with Pete. So he showed up, and I'm a coach. So like it was like I wasn't like a player. So I got to like you know hang out with him a little bit before everything started. Legitimately, he's like asking about betting lines. Like he's asking about betting lines to like someone, you're from Vegas? Oh shit, what's, like, what's, I'm like, oh yeah. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just kind of here because uh, they're giving me like, and he like, I think it was like, so like $15,000. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He goes, well, watch this. I'm like, what? He goes, you'll see. So he goes out and gives his speech. He's like, hello, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Pete Rose. And this is my, <laughs> this is my lover. <laughs> and he points at his girl, he's a girlfriend. He's married. He literally points out his girlfriend, not his wife. He's pointing out his girlfriend to these kids. And he's like, so that's, that's my, that's, that's my lover, not my wife. And he just goes on with his speech. And I'm like, these kids are sitting here going, this, this motherfucker has, a no chill, but secondly, <laughs> if you're a good baseball player, you're gonna have a you, wife and a, it's like the Sopranos. You're like, oh my god, I'm, I'm Tony Soprano. Like I have a girlfriend and a wife. Like, so it was really funny because the kids were like, he, they didn't understand that he was in the midst of the divorce. But yes. the way he said it was, well, it was so perfect, and like we all died. Like all the coaches are like on the side because like some most of us were like either unmarried, formerly married, or currently married, and we all. Like, we're like, oh, my God. Right. Well, the funny thing about it with with him is and I think when you said that about, you know, the wife and the lover, I think a Chipper Jones bragging about a woman in every city. Yep. (laughs) And Chipper's more the norm, not the exception with that. Oh, my my buddy's kids were just on the Cubs game just now. They're, they're, uh, was it with with that woman wearing the kiss it goodbyes shirt? No, it was the guy that was wearing the Cubs jersey and the gray shorts, and then his little kids were like disappointed because I don't know they can. Oh no, I'm just seeing the kiss it goodbyes. But no, okay, no, that 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 looks like Joe's kids. Like, cause so my buddy went his uh his wife flew him to St. Louis for the series. He got him tickets for every game. And, oh, nice. And and he's with her parents who are Cardinals fans. I'm like, that's a terrible, that's like me like marrying someone that's a Packers fan. It's not going to happen. Ooh. Um, Ooh. But Ooh. thank goodness, my girlfriend doesn't like sports. So, like, it's way easy. Like, yeah. Her whole family is not a sports family. So, I'm like, yes. That's even better. Yep. So, she just joins on whatever I'm joining. So, whatever I like, and, she likes. Oh, by the way, Wally, I will be out in Vegas with Wally money for the Bears Raiders game. Okay. My hotel is booked. Yo. I, I will I will be staying at Harris. <laughs> so pumped. I can't oh, wait. Oh yeah. I was I was Did telling my see- friends about it this weekend. My 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 buddy H, um again, we because we he he's 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 gonna be around. So like when we're going out, like whenever we go out, H will be yeah. with us because H is who we wanna have with us. He's uh he's well connected, I guess, is in Vegas. So when H good. goes somewhere, it's a good place to go. So and I actually told I've told H about you guys. He's a, he's excited because he's a Skins fan, or a oh hey Washington well, football team. That's right. It's the Washington football team, and I believe they are coming to your town too. Correct. He's he's and he's tell him 
Tell him there's possibilities there. Okay. I will. He's he's yeah. such a good man. He's a good that's the guy that got engaged last night. Um at the engagement. Oh, okay, party. great. So I went to an engagement party last night. That was fun. Yeah. But it was a birthday party that turned in unbeknownst to the birthday girl was a Oh, it was her birthday. It was not her his. birthday party. Okay. And he proposed her during Uh-oh. her during the speech. Uh oh. Just do a two run jacket from Arenado. No. Oh. Uh oh. I can't think of anything worse other than someone getting hurt. So hopefully. Hold on. Uh, oh no. He said, uh <laughs> why does Nolan Nolan Arenado legit looks like um like an ill like the guy that quit the Musketeers program. D'Artagnan? Oh my god, what the hell? Contreras? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's what it was. He got crossed up. Oh, it it's worse. He just broke. Look his at hand. where the ball hits. Oh, he it has to be his wrist. That looked terrible. Oh. Or did it hit his balls? No. It's oh, I feel like But look, he got crossed up. There's no doubt. Oh, it's like at the top of his oh the, like the nub. You know what I'm yes. talking the nub on the you know on the top of your wrist. Oh that that hurts. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that's that's oh I hope he's okay. You're 30 seconds ahead of me, so don't tell me how okay he is, but that's that's again, though, that's communication. There's st- they're still working on him. I'll that, just say that. That stuff happens mm-hmm. when you are a, you know, that just sucks. That just, that's a, that's a, yeah. Oof. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I know the Washington football team will be playing, I think in November Yep, is when they're out there. So uh, have you seen some of the prices it's, those it's, tickets are going for? It's incredible. It's I, so I know I had thought about going out for the op- the Monday night opener against the Ravens. Right. Then I saw the suggested price <laughs> to put the tickets on the NFL ticket exchange for. And let me just say this. If I get anywhere near that price, my season tickets for the following year will be paid off. <laughs> you know and saying, then like, some. That's how you like pay off like <laughs> The next, that's my, my, so my friend, my best friend, he, uh, his family has had season tickets since like 1969 in Denver. They, they legitimately, they go to three games a year plus the playoffs, but what they sell the tickets at for the rest of the games, because they they don't live, they live here in Vegas. Right. They, they pay off like they, it's tenfold. Like, so you, you pay off the whole year, their whole trip, hotel, everything is paid yes. for, for all the playoffs just based on what they do. And they, and they, obviously they hoop it up too when they go. So like they're spending, a, like they're going to like five-star restaurant, like they're doing the whole, oh, absolutely. so they're doing it up along with it just based on the regular season sales. And that's just yes. Denver. That's just Denver. But yes. Green Bay Packers fans, by the way, are the ultimate suckers. They are suckers. They pay it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, there's one thing I wish. I think it's great the Bears are going out there. I'm going to see that. I really wish one of the New York teams would have been going out there. Uh, Just easy pickings right there. Exactly. I think the Eagles might be easy. The Eagles fans might be easy pickings, too. You're correct. I think so, too. That's like, that's, and we talked about that last week, too. Like, Chargers fans, eh. Yeah, but you'll get some you'll get some uh, some Chiefs fans and I think, too. But yeah, well, my niece wants those tickets, but 
We're we're discussing. <laughs> we're in, we're in Did he really we're, just hit it? Oh no, it's just a sack fly. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. But but uh yeah, so I'm I'm hoping and I don't think those tickets will be bought up until like late July, early August, to yeah. be honest with you. But they're out there now in case somebody wants to be preemptive. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I think there's a possibility that you might get some of the casinos buying some of those tickets just to give out to they did. The they set, have, well, they have their PCLs. The casinos actually bought right. PCLs, like for their. VIPs. Well, the casino, the casinos have the one hundred level, yeah, basically mm-hmm. of the. But I could see them needing more. To be honest, oh, they will. Yeah, so I'm just like it's out there now. If I get it now, great. If not, I'll wait till July or August and then see where prices are and maybe readjust. But mm-hmm. I was so happy, by the way, to 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 go stop by your favorite. Uh, Cigar bar and uh, barge in Las Vegas. I, I rolled by the Cleopatra's barge that if you've seen Beavis and Butthead do America, you'll know what we're talking about. But it's the Cleopatra's barge at Caesar's Palace. My girlfriend got her makeup done yesterday. And so I had to like wander and the sports book was too packed. So I couldn't sit and watch the Cub game. So I just wandered and I'm like, I'm going to go. I walked by it twice, but they're, did, they're, under constru- they're under construction. They're under construction. Did you climb it up? So didn't you climb up Cleopatra? They're changing it. It's not going to be Cleopatra's barge anymore. So they're keeping the her and her d- glorious boobs, but the rest of it is going to be turned into something else. Like the, even the bar, like that, like the little top bar that's usually on like the left of it, it's closed. Right. And uh, we went there like back like last fall, like last summer. So they've closed it completely. So it's going to be something, but they're not getting rid of her. So that's the, well, that's the, that's the most important thing is that. That that is the most important thing, but the second most important thing, they're not getting rid of the Monte Cristo or the no, uh, Macanudo bar. It was packed, packed. I bet it was packed. People were smoking stogies. I didn't realize they had like a smoke room. They have yes. a little smoke room, so like you could smoke your cigar right in the little room right there. And that's why I was yep. like, oh, oh, I'm like, oh, that's why. You, and then it, that's what because I was going this way, so it was on my left, and uh, the entrance would be on my left. So I actually. I think you probably would have seen it coming from the front, which would be on your right, the entrance to it. And you go in and you, but for me, I saw it from the backside in. I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Oh, there's a <laughs> cigar. You sm- Oh, we could smoke in here. Because honestly, nobody's smoking in Vegas right now. It's really weird. I thought I was going to walk through the casino and smell like, like ass because a walk through a casino usually is like, you're going to smell like a pack of marble lights. It's you're done. <laughs> Nothing. Nobody's smoking right now. Like it's weird and it's good. And there's a push here in Vegas to kind of like ban smoking in indoor smoking in, except- in a capacity, but like not for like a cigar bar, like a cigar bar. Right. Have at it. But like right. at the like playing blackjack, like it's right. it's mostly the dealers. And like the dealers hate it. So I would have no problem with that, to be completely honest with you. It, it wouldn't bother me one bit. I see. I honestly, when I go to Vegas, I probably spend more time at the Macanudo bar, the <laughs> Casa, Casa de Fuente, which is at the front of the Caesars experience and on the golf course. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, that's the thing. So when you, when you are coming here, let's figure out if you want to play a little golf, we'll figure that day out too. Yes. I'll get to, I'll, because, get, us, I'll get us something. Yeah. Because my, I fly in, Right, I have the hotel booked for Thursday night, leaving Monday. So be a Friday. Friday would be a good day to play, I think. Yes, because Wally is going with me, and he said he's not flying out till Friday night. So So, does Wally golf? 
No. Okay. So there. So Friday would be a good golf day then. Yes. Right, so so I'll, look, I'll look at that Friday and we'll. Yeah, because I I figure I'm working on Thursday, and then I'm taking like the eight thirty nine o'clock flight out of here. Mm-hmm. So I'll get in there about what. 10 30 11 o'clock or whatever your thursday night's gonna be mellow settle right it's like get in maybe gamble for an hour or two then go get some sleep and then friday let's start time to go that's 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 go time yep exactly that's 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 the plan as it is now that would be i think the friday would be a good day to golf so yeah i'll look at some uh some golfy times yeah and to be honest with you i plan on going to the bears game but i will say this if summer if somebody offers me the right price for the tickets I may just go and party and pocket the money. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta keep your options open. (laughs) Hey, it's it's like that scene in Goodwill Hunting, you know, when Robin Williams talked about having tickets to game six of the 75 World Series. Gotta go see about a girl. I gotta go see about a girl. girl. I'm like, it's all about the Benjamins. Speaking speaking of which, have you watched anything on TV, like any new movies or oh. shows or anything lately? Two things. So, Mayor of Easttown and uh, Hacks. Hacks is is, a, uh, is Mayor of Easttown the one with Kate Winslet? Yes, it is. It is. Uh, oh, she's a detective. It's it's um. So, if you're a big fan of True Detective on HBO, if you've ever watched that show. Yeah, um, it's it's on the level of that when it comes to a the writing. Um, she actually spent some time learning the accent um, of the Pennsylvania, whatever district area, whatever that the character is from. So she learned this specific accent for the role, which she she specifically was like adamant that she learned how to do it properly for the for the show. Really good show, though. It's a detective. No. There's a murder, but no. it's the solving of it, and the, the 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 layers of the show is fantastic. Whereas with Hacks, it's it's a Vegas kind of thing. It's great. Is it like how is it like how to count cards and stuff like that? No. So Hacks is about it, it's like a like um the main character. It's Gene Smart. Now, if you know who Gene Smart is, she's. Most, Old, older woman, isn't she? She's glorious, yes. And she's also in Mayor of Easttown, by the way. So the Stephen Oh, okay. She's in both shows. But she's a legendary Las Vegas comedy artist. So like she's like um I don't know, I don't like it's like almost like just think like of a, a Danny re- like a Danny Gans. Yeah, like a, like a like a Vegas residency comedian. Yeah, I, I think of Danny Gans. Yeah. I know he's no longer with us, but that's who I think of. Former minor league baseball player who was in Yes, he was. And he was I believe Durham. he also, yes, I was going to say, he had a role in Bull Durham. Correct. Love Danny Gans. Um, he's a Vegas, his kid is a good ball player too. Um, oh my God, watch the TV. Oh no. You'll you'll know it when you see it. Oh, if you're gonna If you're going to make fun of Cardinal fans, you got to make fun of this one. Oh, okay. So hopefully it's the end of the game and the Cubs don't lose, but... Um, oh, you'll Kate, know you'll know him when you see him. Caitlin Olson. Caitlin Olson is her daughter. So from yeah. it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Um, I don't know what's going on, but um, anyway, so she she's basically like losing her luster in Vegas. She's like kind of just going through the motions, and she hires a young, basically ostracized comedy writer girl who's really funny actually. Like, and they basically are realizing that they're the same people, and so like it's episode four. And they're the two of them are just 
Hey, Marlins man is at this game. Oh, I just saw him in the background. Nice kick by Clark, though. That was a nice little redirect for sure. But good show. Hacks is really, it's funny. Yeah. Hacks is really funny. Like, it's actually really, um, just think about like an old comedian that didn't have, like, that, that became a comedian during the, um, you know, the 70s and 80s when, you know, stand up comedy was like breaking all of the, you know, f- freedom of speech molds. And, then with a, so you're you're talking someone like a pro, like, like a Lenny character is like a, a a Lenny Bruce yeah. Richard Pryor type uh-huh. of character. Okay, Correct. so so she and it's a she, but it's her. It's what's her name, uh, Jean Smart or whatever. And 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 then she hires this young writer who was basically like canceled by social media because of a tweet that was inappropriate but hilarious, like funny. Like that doesn't fu- happen. A, a funny tweet, and so she hires her. They basically find out they're the same people they they have this they're just one's an older soul and so she takes her under her wing so it's episode four now and at this point they're starting to really jive and it's it's a good show it's a it's it's it now has humor because they build up like the personalities together in the first couple episodes but now now like you actually want these these characters to like figure it out like it's 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 incredibly well done it's like entourage like 29 minutes in and out. You don't, you don't linger too long. So you're like, you don't get bored. It's funny, stupid. And it's a lot of the stuff is Vegas. I actually busted out. <laughs> they were going North on the strip and then they cut to the next shot and they're going South on the strip. I'm like, nah, uh-uh. I, uh-uh. I see that with movies in Chicago all the time yep. where they're driving, you know, they're driving North on Lakeshore drive. Then you see them driving or they're driving South on Lakeshore <laughs> drive. Then you see him driving North past soldier field. It's like, Hey, wait a second. How did this happen? <laughs> how, how did, what? Why? And yeah. the Cubs just beat the Cardinals. So that is a yes. two of three from the Cardinals now. Yes. In this first time that the Cubs have faced the Cardinals. So that's a good series win. It's a good, it's a good start. It yep. is a good start. They them. got out hit. They gave up, they, they gave up six hits. They only had three hits. Oh, and they won. And by the way, have to say congratulations to Phil Mickelson, 50 years old. Oh Yeah. Win, winning, yep. Jesus, That's winning a major at age fifty. Good for him. That's good stuff. Some, something for Father Zoda to, to uh, aspire to. Absolutely. <laughs> so I think with that, well, I, I have to tell you one thing. Let's go with it. So, Kate Winslet. Oh yeah. Now, I've had a crush on Kate Winslet since Titanic, <laughs> but but Kate Winslet got me in trouble because of Titanic. So. When the movie first came out many, 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 many years ago, I think it was 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the girl I was dating at the time to see it. And, you know, of course, flash, you know, move forward to the infamous drawing scene. Uh, like one of your French girls, Jack. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I want you to draw me with this. Only this. <laughs> Wearing this. Only this. But. When she does the disrobe, I go, damn. I said this out loud. I go, damn. (laughs) Then when she lays down and you get the shot, I go, man, nice rack. Needless to say, that was sort of the end of the relationship. (laughs) That's much better, though, than taking a first date to see Schindler's List. So I that'll. Yeah, that's a W. I, that's a W. <laughs> yeah, I 
I was, I took a date one time to, she asked, I asked her where she wanted to go to eat. And she said, I don't care wherever you go to eat. So I took her to El Famous Burrito. <laughs> hey, you wanted to go where I go to eat. This is it. Bam. Bam. <laughs> oh, that was a good yep. bat toss by Tatis too. Yeah. But uh, uh, one thing, you know, for, for everyone listening, uh, next week is Memorial Day weekend. And I will be out on a golf trip and making myself feel miserable at how much I suck at the game. <laughs> and and I know you have plans. I'll probably have my, yeah, I'll be probably belligerent. So it works. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we won't, we won't be recording next week, but in two weeks, we will probably have plenty of material because Mr. Fiddler is coming to town yes. and will be attending Wait for it. The Friday night, June 4th, White Sox game yep. with, I believe, some of the people you will be with is Father Zoe, Yumper, mm-hmm. uh, Alex, missing? Alex, okay, Ruhan Luke, Keelan. Yes. Oh, God, everybody. It's going yes. to be, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a treasure trove of stupidity and awesomeness again, yes. in, in the and, right way. And I am sure we will wind up at, after the game, we'll probably wind up at, I don't know if it'll be Shinix, if it'll be Cork, or if it'll be Turtles, but I'm sure we'll be at one of those. And I have to go to Buffalo Wings and Rings, too. So that's that's also in the, that's on the schedule. Okay, good. I don't know if that's pregame yes. or postgame, so that's whichever one's more optimal. Well, if if I remember correctly, aren't you going to Los Angeles? I'm gonna do that lunch? for lunch. That's so gonna be like a like yeah. a nooner. So like I, then okay. I got a, then I got a, I got like a whole afternoon ahead of me. Oh, there you go. So you're meeting Zoe there, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. Okay. If not, I'm just gonna eat. I just I'm gonna eat. I'm so I, I just want it. Like, I just I just want it. Like my girlfriend's laughing at me because I'm like I just I just want some Los Angeles. I'm like she's like who's meeting you? I'm like I don't care. I'll eat. The whole, <laughs> I will eat the whole pizza myself. I don't care. There you go. But there you but go. If people join, they join. And that's, I think, even yes. maybe we hope, hopefully Jack will show up too. We'll maybe see some Jack. Yes. Get some Jack style too. But yeah, yes. that'll be a good time. We're, and it's Hawaiian shirt night, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. And I believe they are playing the Detroit Tigers. So hopefully it will be a satisfactory effort by the, by the boys on the South side. I'm hoping the game is secondary to the experience because <laughs> hopefully the game is just an easy win. That's yes. But, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some of the people you're meeting, I've met some, I, I don't ever recall meeting Alex. I've never met Yumper. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. But you know, guys like Luke and Jack, I've, I've met them plenty of times and it's always a good time when they're around. Yep. That's, that's the best part about this is that I'm going to be meeting people that I never would have met if it weren't for just White Sox, Twitter, just social media and technology. You know, that's, yes. that's the fun part. Like, again, same with us too. Like, I'm mm-hmm. excited to just to, like, we've all, we've never actually been in the same room together, but yes. And, and I was talking about this last night with some of my friends. I'm like, I, I could actually walk into a room with any of them, any of you guys and feel like it's, we're just catching up. It's, it doesn't, it wouldn't feel like, Oh, this is weird. Like it's, it's just, Oh, it, we would actually probably have more to talk about because we actually have a Congress of, communication prior to that. Like we're like, there's no awkward conversation because we've already had, com- I think that's what makes like sociability such a fun experience is that you can have conversations with random people. And 
with random people that you just meet on, you know, Twitter, I'm seeing the, by the way, Phil Mickelson stuff, um, is, is a really cool thing because you've had actual discussions with, it's not superficial. Like you're not just like in the same room. You've had discussions cause you engaged in discussions. So yes. then you, all of a sudden you're in the same place and you engage in discussions still. So it makes it easier. But yes. And you also get to meet, uh, I would imagine you would be that beef chorizo and my sock summer would be there. Heck, I might even reach out to Ken to see if he can come to a game. That'd be great. And then you can confess your love to him. Uh, I don't know. I'll get killed by some parts of White Sox Twitter if I do that now. <laughs> my my little my little fake Ken crush is uh is, is now polarizing to some that really don't like Ken. So I'm like shit. But Ken is heel. Oh God, yes, absolutely. He's just a heel. That's fine. I can't believe more people. His name gives it away. Ken W.O. It gives it away. <laughs> and and the thing I found with Ken, to be completely honest, the more you buy into it, the harder he will push on yep. you. Yeah, he sees he's like a shark with blood in the he's water. Like, he's like eyes roll back. Oh, here we go. Like it's like reflex. You just walked, you walked right I, into a train. Your fault, not but, his. And, yes, and I will say, I one thing going on the toxicity of White Sox Twitter, I've noticed is the subtweeting has increased exponentially too. You know. Screenshots. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe this idiot thinks this and <laughs> Sorry, everything like, else? Gabe got mad about the screenshots. Yeah. Well, screenshots are screenshots too. Yes. I want war. You know, and I just want to make sure you don't wind up in Northwest Indiana with Yoan Makata after the game. Right. Right. See, I, so I have to be on a boat the next morning at like 11 AM. So I have to like, sort of monitor my <laughs> hydration so that I'm not as hung over the next morning, but well, there's no, there's no, there's hung- no dancing around. I'm going to be hung over. Like I, I, I ever already accepted my fate on that part, but I did that in Cabo too. It just took a couple drinks on the boat gone. Once you get a couple drinks on the boat, you're good. But it took a second. I, <laughs> I did. I didn't puke on the boat. I thought I might puke on the boat. But right. Nah. nah. Cause I've, I've been on a boat on Lake Michigan after a night of too much and needless to say, it took like an hour, but I was over the rail. Is it choppy? <laughs> Is Lake Michigan choppy? It, it was that day. That day? It, it depends on, it depends on what day you go out there to okay. be honest. So it's not, sometimes it, it, it's not always choppy. It's not like Cabo, Cabo like was always choppy. So like, it was like harsh. Yeah. It, this day was extremely choppy and it was harsh and it was, it was Venetian night. So you had a ton of boat traffic out oh, there, more which wake, more like wakes w- and stuff, which made, made it worse. But yeah, it took me like an hour, but I was over the rail for the boat. Ooh. Just, bleh, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta be careful. I don't want to do that, but yeah. I, I, I would do that. I would have no problem with doing that. That's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I feel that I've confessed. I've confessed my sins for the week. I think it's a it's a good confession. This was a, a couple of holy schmolies and a, a, a maybe a holy cow, but probably a one point twenty one gigawatts. One for party. That will probably be how you confess this week. So. <laughs> hey, hey, holy mackerel! No doubt about it. <laughs> and how do we take it out? <laughs> Aloha. ha. <laughs> <laughs>